What's so important about pastors? Does every Christian really need a pastor? How does this office fit in the fivefold ministry? Dr. David K. Bernard answers this question in this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. In Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, Dr. Bernard answers your questions about what the Bible teaches and how those teachings apply to everyday life. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Dr. David K. Bernard. As General Superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church International, I want to invite you to join me September 19 through 22nd in Indianapolis, Indiana for our annual General Conference. General Conference is an opportunity to experience firsthand what God is doing across North America and around the world through the ministry of the United Pentecostal Church International. Last year's General Conference in Orlando, Florida was one of the best in recent memory. We're expecting God to do great things again at this year's General Conference. You can visit upcigc.com and subscribe to email updates to learn more about what's happening at this year's General Conference. I look forward to seeing you later this year in Indianapolis. God bless. Most of us who've attended an apostolic Pentecostal church for any length of time have heard the statement, everyone needs a pastor. However, I will admit I I was a pastor until coming here, but that exact statement is not found in the Bible. I have to admit that. In Ephesians 4.11, Paul references five ministry offices, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And he did not say that the pastor, at least in this context, he did not say the pastor is the most important of the five. And some have used that to insinuate that maybe pastors really aren't essential or that at least they're no more essential than the other four ministry offices. How do you respond to those arguments? Does everybody need a pastor? And what about these other four ministry offices? The short answer is yes, we need pastors. Uh, in the context of Ephesians, I think the fivefold ministry is speaking the church at large, and all those offices are needed um, in the body of Christ. But when we talk about a local church, uh, the term pastor more is more focused on the local church. So not every local church may have all the fivefold ministry at all times, but they do need a pastor or pastors. Now in the New Testament. Uh, the term pastor, meaning shepherd, is used interchangeable with the term elder or presbyter and also with the term overseer or bishop. Now, we, in, in subsequent church history and even in our own churches today, we use bishop, the term bishop, for other types of roles as well, as, and we use the term presbyter for other roles. But at least in, when you're reading the New Testament, you can pretty well say that The leaders of the local church are considered to be pastors or elders or bishops. And they're spoken of in the plural because in the first century, every believer in the city was said to belong to the same church, even though they attended different house churches and it appears that they had individual pastors over each house church, they didn't think of themselves as separate churches. They all thought of themselves as the same church. So when Paul wrote to the church of God at Rome, 
all the Roman Christians consider themselves part of the church of Rome. However, when Paul gave his greetings, you can identify at least five house churches that he referenced uh, in Romans 16. And he identified the leaders of some of those house churches. But the, the idea, and so today we might regard the pastors, elders, bishops as um, all the pastors of a city, or we might regard them a large church with pastoral staff. Uh, where you you might have a senior pastor, but several other pastors working alongside that senior pastor. That seems to be uh, the biblical model that we find. Uh, so uh, with that in mind, let me give you some scripture. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, I'm using the New King James, remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Uh, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's verse 8. So evidently, there are certain people who have leadership. They rule over you. It doesn't mean dictatorial authority, as we see in 1 Peter chapter 5. We're not to be lords over God's heritage. And uh, it's not without accountability. It's not unilaterally. We follow leaders as they follow the Lord. So he says, remember those who rule over you who have spoken the word of God to you. So their authority is based on the word of God. So if a leader gets outside the word, we don't follow them. We don't follow leaders into unethical conduct, false doctrine, or sin. Whose faith follow, again, as long as they're walking in the faith, considering the outcome of their conduct. Look at their life. See the fruit of their life, the result. Is it sinful Is it or godly? Is it unethical or is it ethical? And then in the same chapter, Hebrews 13, 17, obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you. Uh, we in our culture don't like this concept of submission. Again, it doesn't mean dictatorial authority. No authority is absolute except God. So we we follow other leaders as they follow the Lord. And so for a spiritual leader gives you guidance, you should respect that. You should heed that. You should follow that. But at the end of the day, when it comes to your own personal decisions of life, you have to be accountable to hear from God and obey God. And so when it comes time to get married, to take a certain job, to uh, follow a certain career, to move to a certain city, to go to a certain school. While our leaders may give us godly advice and guidance, we're the ones who make those personal decisions for our own lives. So submission doesn't mean obeying someone in every aspect of life. It means following their godly leadership and heeding their godly advice. Uh, and the indication is if you if you don't do this, then uh, you're the one who is going to suffer. Okay, so there's definitely this idea of people in your life or someone in your life uh, who will guide you, who will rule over you or lead you, who to whom you should be submissive. And then also in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, speaking in the context of the local church, a particular church that in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians 5.12, we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. So uh, there are people who are over you. They admonish you. 
we are to recognize them, and we are to esteem them. We're to honor them, uh, in other words. So definitely there are pastors. We That's the term we normally use. There are several terms that could be used, but that's the term we use most commonly. And then let me give you another passage, 1 Timothy 5.17. It's in one of the pastoral epistles, so-called, because Paul was writing to pastors, Timothy and Titus, giving them instructions. For So 1 Timothy 5.17, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. That was including verse 18. So we're to honor them and double honor. So that includes respect, but also it includes financial support for their life and ministry. So here are three passages which show us that in the local church, there are elders or pastors who rule, who lead, who minister to us. And we are to follow them, to submit to them, to honor them, to respect them. So obviously, yes, we need pastors. And if someone rejects the idea of a pastor, there's something wrong with them. So we we are to have a local church, be faithful to that local church, and to follow the leadership of that local church. Someone that just goes from church to church, that's not the will of God. Uh, some may ask, well, what if, what if you're a pastor? Do, do you still need a pastor? And I would say a pastor is not an exception, but maybe a special case, because there could come a time where, where there is no one person that you could look to as a pastor, but still you should have leaders that you look to for pastoral authority in your life. Let me give you myself as an example. So growing up, my father was my pastor. Once I became an adult, I had two pastors before I entered the ministry. And then I had two pastors after I entered the ministry, but I was still working under a pastor in a local church. Um, and then I became a pastor. Well, all four of those, well, counting my father, all five of the pastors I just mentioned, they've all passed away. So I can't look to any of them as a pastor. Uh, so there's no one person that had had served formerly or served presently in that particular role. However, and then, of course, my ministry is such, although I'm not a pastor, I'm traveling and ministering every week. Uh, so while I have a home church in Austin, I'm only there a few times a year, and most of the times I'm there, I'm preaching. So I have to have leaders in my life, and uh, since I'm the general superintendent, structurally, there's no leader that has a higher position. So I have to make myself accountable to our general board, to our executive committee, uh, to people in their respective areas of authority, and to peers, spiritual friends that I've known for years who knew me before I reached this position, who would have the right to talk to me if they sensed an, a problem, or I could go to them if I sensed a problem. So I'm suggesting that even senior leaders need to have some kind of structure of pastoral authority in their lives. Now, I would say this, if these concepts uh, seem somewhat challenging to anyone, uh, I would simply say, look, we're not talking about anyone who has absolute dictatorial authority, absolute veto power over your life. We're talking about honor, respect, admonition, guidance, advice. But at the end of the day, each person has to have his or her own relationship with God. And you have to make the decisions for your own life. You're accountable to do that. 
And uh, actually, you don't want uh, a pastor shouldn't want to make those decisions because a pastor would want you to take responsibility for your own decisions. Now, if this concept sounds frightening to you, I read in Hebrews 13, this principle of obeying those that have the rule over you. And I read the next verse, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is that just a throwaway line? Is that just irrelevant out of context? Or is the Lord saying, well, there's a principle of authority. And by the way, Jesus Christ is the same. So while circumstances of life may change, culture may change, uh, situations may change, this principle of following godly leadership doesn't change. That's the way the Lord has established his church. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We also appreciate it when you share apostolic life in the 21st century with a friend or family member. And make plans to join us again next time as we look at how the Bible applies to everyday life.